welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. Can I just tell you something? Well, before I do that, let me tell you something else. <laughs> Welcome to episode 11 <laughs> of the Karen Kenny Show. Here's what I was going to tell you guys. Uh, today is May 7th, <laughs> May 7th, 2019, and it is the 38th anniversary of my mother's death. And I literally just recorded like about 34 minutes of the previous episode 11 and I clicked on the button to pause because I was having a brain fart and I couldn't remember the word I was trying to think of. But instead of hitting pause, I ended the fucking recording. And I could have been really upset about it. I could have been emotional and been like, oh my God, it's already such a hard day. <laughs> but here's what happened instead. I take that as a very clear sign. Those of you who are not watching but listening at home, I'm kind of doing this sign I do like from my forehead to the to like up above me. Like that that my spiritual team was just on the job and they were like, "Nope, that's not what we're talking about today." <laughs> Message received loud and clear. What I was starting to talk about though, I will just say this. What I was starting to talk about in episode 11 is about um, anniversary dates. Um, especially around big events and deaths and stuff like that and how they can be really hard for people and how the body remembers sometimes before the mind. Like the body has its own stories to tell. The body has its own memories and they will often start to alert you. Like for some people, it's just like the fall, like in general, like let's say you lost somebody you loved in, 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 um, in the fall. Like around autumn time, you'll start to maybe feel a little bit more sensitive or sad or whatever. And it's like, yeah, like the body remembers this shit. So that's what I was starting to talk about, to just be extra kind to yourself on those anniversary dates, those first holidays, those first birthdays, those first big anniversaries, they can be really hard. But I'm here to tell you guys that they get better as you get older. They do get better as you get older. And the last thing I want to say about this, because this will be a, probably a whole other episode for another time. But one of the things I always want to say is I, I, want, I want to be really clear here, and I hope people receive this the way that I mean it. Um, you are not required to stay in deep and terrible grief your whole entire life. I think a lot of people um, are suspicious or they feel bad or guilty when they start to feel better when they start to have a new relationship with their grief. Um, I think sometimes we feel like that when we start to get happy, when we start to heal, that we're somehow abandoning our dead. Um, and that is not the case. 
So if you find over the years that your anniversaries get a little bit easier, a little bit better, like that is cause for celebration. Uh, the people who have um, gone on home, the people who have gone on to whether you want to call that heaven or eternity or afterlife, I don't care what you call it, to the light, they've gone back to the light. Um, they don't want us to sit around being fucking sad about them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know my mom. I know my mom would want me to be happy and to celebrate the life that I still have, that I get to live. Uh, you know, the... Um, privilege that I get that she didn't. So I just wanted to do that, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. So apparently it was this other thing <laughs> that I was supposed to talk about. So um, something that I want to talk about is this difference between toughness and true strength. And this is probably going to be a short one uh, because I have very particular things to say about it, but here's the thing. I remember back um, when my mother died, when we got the news that my mother died, uh, May 7th, 1981, 38 years ago today, uh, we got the news that my mother died. My, my stepfather, uh, if you haven't heard this story yet, go back and listen to uh, episode one, the origin story, and you'll get the whole shebang, the whole kit and caboodle about how that shit went down. Not soothing. <laughs> um, but I remember that I was so desperate um, to get my dad's love and I was really watching him to get cues. Like I had never had somebody die before. I hadn't had this experience before. Uh, certainly not losing the person that I love the most in the whole entire universe, right? Um, but my dad, one of the things my stepfather really liked about me was my quote unquote toughness. And here's the thing that's so fascinating about that, you guys, is that on some level, I wasn't really that tough. Like I was a wicked, 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 wicked sensitive kid. <laughs> like most children, right? I'm not saying I'm special, but I was a wicked sensitive kid. And I was really aware of other people. I was really aware of uh, other people's feelings, their moods, their body language, my environment. And I was hyper aware of that stuff because we kind of grew up in a very volatile and somewhat violent household. And it wasn't violent like uh, we were getting punched in the face and smacked around like that. But there was a lot of poking, pushing, slamming up against walls, uh, a lot of fucking yelling, man. It was a war zone. So I was like hypersensitive to my environment. You know, any of you who grew up uh, uh, walking on eggshells, raise your hands. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about, right? That's not actually something I love to testify about, right? Because that was tough, man. That was tough. But those of us who grew up in those kind of environments uh, where, you fit, where, where your parents were constantly battling, um, we become a little sensitive to our environment. So I got really good at it. Um, I often say I got really good at watching the landscape, being able to read the landscape of my, of my, um, of my dad's forehead. Because uh, I could tell just by what his eyebrows were doing and what, what the wrinkles in the skin of his forehead were doing, like how much fucking trouble we were in or what was going to go down. <laughs> but anyways, I was a wicked sensitive kid. Um, but I knew, I knew that he, um, um, liked, he liked and rewarded, um, and uh, like an attitude of toughness. So I basically kind of like suffocated that little sensitive kid at times. Uh, my mother always rewarded that part of me. So it was kind of like this balance. It's really, it wasn't really balanced, but it was a struggle. It was a struggle because my mom really loved that sensitive part of me. Um, but my dad really rewarded the part of me that, um, didn't let that part of me thrive. Like he really liked my toughness. So I acted, I was, a, I was a wicked tomboy. Uh, I actually looked like a boy till I was 13, you guys, until I kind of grew some boobs and let my hair grow long, but I had short hair. Like I had short hair, like my whole life. Cause I didn't really want to be a girl <laughs> story for another day. But anyway, so, um, I kind of was like uh, making myself, um, you know, to be really tough. So like if I fell on the playground, if I like scraped my shin or like, I, you know, I played with knives as a kid, 
played on the train tracks, climbed trees, like all the stupid shit that, that, you know, kids do. No, maybe not all kids, because uh, it's different nowadays. But back then, back then, our parents just kicked us out of the house at like seven in the morning and they were like, fucking beat it and don't come home until it's dark. You know, that's how it was back in the, in, in the late uh, 60s and 70s and early 80s. Uh, there was a lot of unsupervised a lot of unsupervised time <laughs> where there were no adults around. So we got into all kinds of shenanigans. But I used to like play with knives and um, like a few times like I cut myself. There were a few times like I did stupid shit. Um, and my dad always loved that I would just like suck it up. I said I, I became really good at sucking it up and stuffing it down. Um, and also where I grew up in Lawrence, Massachusetts, uh, let's call it spade a spade. Um, you you kind of had to be a little bit, a little, little tough to survive. You know what I mean? You weren't going to get out of Lawrence alive if you didn't have a little edge to yourself. You know what I'm saying? So that's Massachusetts kids. That's masshole kids. A lot of us had our dukes up. Like if you can see me, those of you who can't see me at home, I'm putting my, my fists up in front of my face. We we're like, uh, dukes up. And so we had this tough exterior, right? We developed a tough exterior to survive um, not only our home life, but like our neighborhoods and our culture and the community. Um, and so, and you can see it now, like when I go and hang out with my, with my childhood friends from Lawrence, like there's a, there's a toughness, there's a sharpness, there's an edge. Uh, they're my, they're beautiful. Like Lawrence kids. I don't know, man, it, you'd be uh, Lawrence kids in the house. You'd be hard pressed, hard pressed to find a group of more loyal kids. Uh, you know, like really good friends. Um, and we still have, there's still that, there's still that law. Like you can't, I always say like, I, I went to the, I went to the funeral of Mr. Bruda. Mr. Bruda was uh, my, one of my teachers at Kane Junior High. I love Mr. Bruda. Uh, he, he's going to be in another story for another day too. But Mr. Bruda, when I was at his um, funeral, a bunch of teachers, a bunch of my teachers all throughout my life, like were at that funeral. He was a beloved guy. He was a beloved teacher. And there was one teacher there, um, Susan Callahan. And I love Mrs. Callahan. Miss Callahan um, was one of the first teachers to tell me that I had a voice, that I had something to say. And she was my English teacher at Lawrence High School. And she would have us, um, she would have us journal and write. And then she would leave us comments on the side. And uh, so she was always leaving me these really supportive and powerful notes. Uh, she'll never know. Well, she does know how much it means to me because at that funeral a few years back, uh, when she walked in, I just started to cry. And I said to her, you, you have no idea what an impact you made on me. And I've had a few teachers over the years. Uh, Miss Kayla Fab, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> but Miss, Miss, you know I love you. You were one of uh, my greatest supporters all through high school and beyond and still to this day. Um, but anyways, at Mr. Bruder's funeral, I went up to her and I was talking to her and uh, Frank Dunlevy, Mr. Dunlevy, another one of my teachers were there, the few other teachers there. And when I got done talking, she basically said, you know, you can take the kid out of Lawrence, but you cannot take the Lawrence out of the kid. Mm. Amen. Testify. It's the truth right there. <laughs> so there's a toughness to us, right? Here's the thing. And here's what I will say about New Englanders in general. This is what I will say a lot about kids from the East Coast. We have this, you, if you've heard this, I want you to totally write to me somehow, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, Insta story me, but let me know if you have heard this before and if this is true. You have probably heard somebody in your family, in your community, say this about somebody else from New England. They probably said something like, ah, Bob, you know, he's tough. He's tough. He's a real bear. He's really tough on the outside, but he's a, he's a sweetheart. He's a softy on the inside. Okay. Let's say that again. Oh, this guy, whoever fill in the blank, he's, you know, he's got his back 
is worse than his bite, right? He's a tough, tough guy on the outside, but he's a softy. He's a sweetheart, you know, uh, on the inside. He's a gentle giant, like fill in the blank. We, we have these things where we kind of um, romanticize this about being tough on the outside, but soft on the inside. And uh, one of the things I actually want to do a TED Talk about, if, if the opportunity uh, arises, I was nominated for a TED Talk. And so we'll see what, what comes of that. But um, one of my ideas for a TED Talk is that we have this backwards. We have this fucking thing flipped around. We got it wrong. So for me, I don't want to come up against people who are tough with their dukes up, who are quote unquote tough exterior, tough on the outside, but soft on the inside. I think the true way forward is to flip that shit, to flip the script. And that's what I always do, right? As a spiritual mentor, I'm always like transforming the story to the glory. I'm always flipping the script. And I think we got it backwards. So I often say, I think that we should meet, we, we, first of all, lower your dukes, man. Try to move through the world as if you have nothing to attack, defend, or prove. That's true badassery. When you stand in the power of knowing who you are, so you can just relax and be in your skin. You don't have to worry about, oh, I got to attack, defend, or prove. You can just be, right? Just be the child of God that you are and rely on the strength of the divine. And when you rely on the strength of the divine, you can meet the world softly. So what I often say is we should be so soft on the outside. We should be arms open, open and receptive, right, to people. And I often think about like, you know, you ever see, uh, um, I don't know, I'm romanticizing here too myself, but like whether it's a, um, an Italian grandmother or a Jewish grandmother or a grandmother that's maybe a little more round body and soft, like that goddess kind of energy, right? The earth mama, right? When you would just like get the greatest hug for her, like this is like soft, nuzzly, warm, protective, safe hug, right? That's how we should greet the world. Arms wide open, eyes wide open, hearts and minds open. Greet the world softly. But man, uh, and those of you who aren't watching, you can, I'm pounding my chest like, uh, be strong on the inside. Be tough on the inside. Meet the world softly, but mm, stand in your strength and be strong on the inside. And so what I mean by that is when you know who walks beside you on this way that you have chosen, fear is impossible. When you know who you are, when you know what you're an extension of, you can lower your dukes. You can relax into the soft animal of your body, as Mary Oliver might call it, the great poet, right? And just be. And then when shit hits the fan, you are prepared. When stuff goes down, you draw upon that divine strength that lives within you. So we don't have to walk around with our dukes up because when somebody is always trying to show me how tough they are, and I know, you know how I know, because I did it myself, right? <laughs> I did it myself. Oh, and that's the story that I was telling you. And I'm going to circle back to that in one second about how I reacted when my mother died, right? So I walked around with this really tough exterior all the time, okay? Because I did have something to attack, defend, and prove. I was scared out of my mind. So when somebody is showing up with this tougher than tough act, it's an act. It's an act. So there's a difference between acting tough and being internally strong. There's a difference between acting externally tough and actually being internally strong. And so when I was a kid and my mother died and I got that news, like I'm looking to my father, I'm looking to my father 
how do I react to this? How do I respond? My sister freaked out and like ran out of the room and I was just sitting there watching him. And he was not extending compassion towards me. He wasn't touching me. He wasn't hugging me. He wasn't crying. And so I figured that's what I was supposed to do. So I didn't even cry at first, you guys. And I was really proud of the fact. Later on, one of my aunties said to me that when, when she came to see me and she found me later that day, I was over at an aunt and uncle's house. We'd all kind of gathered there. My father actually, tell the truth, he dropped us off there and like left us there. <laughs> like whatever, story for another day. Um, but um, while I was there, I went downstairs because my cousin, my cousin Bobby had a set of drums down in the basement. And I just didn't, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't know what to do with this awful thing that had been dropped in my lap. Like, hello, dead murdered mother. Like, what do I do with that? I'm 12 years old. So I went down to the basement. First of all, I hung out with the dog because that's what I always did. I always sought comfort in animals. I, I always say animals are like one of my fastest pathways to God and to the divine. Uh, there's no complication for me there. The love is pure and unconditional and easy. So I spent some time with the dog and then I went down into the basement and I started like whacking around on his drums. And my auntie came down into the cellar and she saw me and she said, the first thing that I said to her was, auntie, guess what? And she said, what? I said, I haven't even cried yet. Isn't that so sad, you guys? I was so proud of myself for not crying because I thought there was gonna be some sort of reward for it. Like I thought my dad would maybe love me more. And uh, it, it didn't really matter. He abandoned us anyways. <laughs> but I just think like, oh, that poor kid. That night I cried myself to sleep, I'll tell you. I cried a thousand tears. Uh, I cried many, many tears for many, many years after that, but almost always in private because um, I was trying to uphold this idea that I had formed of myself, like what made me lovable, what made me worthy. And it's kind of sad when I think about it because, you know, the thing my mom loved most about me, I think, was that my, my com compassionate and kind and generous spirit as a little kid, that I was aware of the feelings of animals. I was aware of the feelings of other beings and creatures. And, uh, and I tried to, like I said, I tried to suppress that part of myself in order to survive my environment. Um, so I, I spent many, 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 many years with my dukes up. And um, I'm not going to lie. It helped me. It helped me in some ways. And, and, and what happens though is I talk about these as like being like a shield. So there's an exercise that I have my mentoring clients go through called the shield. And what happens basically is when we're little people, we develop these coping mechanisms. We develop these strategies for sometimes truly our survival. But at some point, those mechanisms, those strategies that we put in place, and one of them is toughness, acting like you don't care, acting like you're not affected, acting like it doesn't hurt, acting like you don't care that you're left out, unseen, unheard, unspecial, like whatever, fill in, you're filling your version of that story, right? Um, it, it, it's just like, it's one of the ways that you know, we, we ultimately um, suffer is in the beginning, we use the shield, the toughness to um, stay safe. Um, to protect us. But then eventually it starts to get into the, in the way of like relationships and true intimacy as adults. So at some point we have to re um, negotiate. We have to look at, we have to look at the ways that we were trying to survive as kids and recognize that they're no longer serving us as, as adults. We have to be willing to set down the shield of defense and attack. And we have to be willing to stand vulnerably. Uh, in front of the world and in front of our God. And I often say that, like, let, let yourself still be soft and pliable in God's hands. Like, relax into the being and the knowing of yourself. Like, put your fucking dukes down already, kid. You don't have to um, face the whole world fighting. There's another way to do it. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I help people with. And it's why, like, people 
from uh, fellow mass holes often recognize themselves in me. Because somebody will come up to me and they'll be like, oh my fucking God, like I fucking know, blah, 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 blah. And I said, yeah, you recognize your people. <laughs> and they're like, you are my people. And I'm like, and you're my people. I recognize, I do not forget where I come from. <laughs> you know, so I can recognize the tough act like really fast. Um, and I often try to encourage people to know that they're safe and they don't have to do it anymore because really what they're protecting is their tender heart. They're protecting that little sensitive kid who's still very much alive in there, but scared out of their fucking mind. You know what I mean? So I just always want to encourage people to meet the world with, with softness and openness, but develop, develop that spiritual tenacity, resilience, grit. I call it hardiness, like, you know, like a hot symbol, hardiness. Uh, you can also spell it H-A-R-D-I, like hardiness, but also hottiness, like stand in the strength of the knowing of your heart and whom it really belongs to, that you are an extension of God and you are an extension of God's light and God's power and God's love. And whom God protects, nothing can destroy, Paramahansa Yogananda tells us. And that's the true strength. You know, A Course in Miracles, and I said this on another episode, A Course in Miracles has a great line that says, you know, if you're relying on your own strength, you have every reason to be fearful and scared and worried and anxious. <laughs> so that's not the strength we want to rely on. Human strength is very fallible. I mean, you can like kill a human body. Like, you know, I always say you can, like they can kill the body, but they cannot kill you. They cannot kill your spirit and who you really are. So that's the strength that we want to tap into. So maybe we can flip it around, you guys. Maybe we can give ourselves once and for all because it is exhausting keeping your dukes up your whole life. You guys, if this resonates with you, will you please send me a message, drop me a line, say, hey, uh, KK, I feel you, I hear you. My dukes have been up. And maybe, maybe you can let me know if you are now ready, willing, and able to lower your dukes and to rely on something greater than this, this tough act that we're putting on. Because the toughness is just a shield. It's a protection. Uh, it's really showing, when somebody's acting extra tough, what it's showing me is that they're actually really scared and they're insecure. And so I want to invite people to find a new way to move through the world. Um, that is one of the things I love to do the most to, to help people to understand that, um, that they are safe and that who they are is accepted and that they are enough and they are worthy and that they can, they can, they can lower their fists uh, because that's not helping anything. That's not helping anything. And uh, when people have this aha moment, when people start to recognize like, oh my God, I've been doing this my whole life. It's actually a relief. It's a relief to drop your dukes. And, um, but it can feel awkward because we don't know another way. And we can be so fast to pick up our weapons again, you know? But it's practice, daily spiritual practice, new patterns, new habits, new ways of thinking. And I know it can be done. And you know how I know? Because I did it. <laughs> and if I can do it, like I was known for being tough. I, I have a friend from BU. His name is David Green. And I did a post on Facebook once, this is a couple of years ago. And he responded and he said, oh my God, Karen Kenny, because we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And he said, I, I just told my wife that you were the toughest girl that I had ever met in my life. And uh, from BU, and I'm like, oh my God, I remember. I remember my freshman year on campus, at West Campus at BU, and walking around and I was like, yeah, I totally was a tough girl. Like I totally had my dukes up. But I told him, you know, David, that makes me laugh so hard because it was all an act. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I am pretty tough. Like, I, I always say this. I am pretty tough. I am strong. Um, but back then, man, I was just scared out of my mind. I was scared to be at college. I was scared to be on my own. I was scared to be in a new environment. I was scared to be. So I just walked around like, 
fuck are you looking at? What are you talking? Who are you talking to? Like, I'll knock you out. Like, whatever. Whatever the thing is that I was doing, which just even makes me laugh when I say it. Now, can you imagine that, you guys? <laughs> Those of you that know me, oh my God. That's why we do not let Vicky with two Ks from Lawrence, my alter ego. We do not let her drive the bus because if she's driving the bus, some shit is going to go down. <laughs> it's not going to be good. Ugh. Oh my God, you guys. So that's it. That's a little way to like to flip the script. And to, um, you know, understand the difference between strength and tr like, like toughness and true inner strength. They're really different things and they vibrate and the, the essence and the energy of them are really, really different. One is based on fear. One is based on love. One is based on knowledge and truth of yourself. The other one is based on a lie. It's an act, you know, one, one is truth and one is theater. Let's put it that way. I talked about this on the Ignite Your Soul Summit stage, you know, last weekend. Um, and so I want you guys to know the truth of yourself so you can relax into um, the strength that you, you really are. And that's all I got for you today, you guys. So I uh, re-recorded episode 11. <laughs> Thank you, spiritual team, for helping me out. And maybe I'll circle back to uh, anniversaries, uh, you know, the anniversaries of deaths and difficult things on, at another time. Um, and I will just say though, like, here's one of the things I wouldn't change any of it, right? I wouldn't change any of it. Like growing up where I did, how I did losing my mom, all those things. Like I always say, yeah, of course, of course I would want my mom to be alive and to have her back. Um, but learning that, like going through the things that I went through, um, you know, having the particular parents that I did, the particular place that I grew up, it was all preparing me for this very moment. It was all preparing me for this work that I was meant to do. Uh, and to be able to, um, recognize these things in other people because I, I saw them. I was willing to see them in myself and to um, make changes. And it takes a lot of courage, you guys. It, it takes a lot of courage um, to, to lower your dukes. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you uh, enthusiastically and to say, I see you. I see you. I see your true strength. And, uh, and I celebrate you and I appreciate you and I love you. Uh, and it's okay. It's okay to lower your fists. Um, and instead, like open your hands, open your hands because love does not happen. I'm clenching my fist. Love does not happen in, in a contracted state. It happens in this open handed state. And there's a line from A Course in Miracles that I love. And it says, um, let go of all thoughts and ideas of who you think you are and who you think God is and come empty handed, come empty handed unto your God. And um, I love that. I love this idea of us just showing up in the truth of ourselves and the remembrance of ourselves and coming empty handed without our dukes up, without our fists up. So that's it, you guys. Wherever you go, wherever you go, be your awesome self. <laughs> wherever you go, blast love in front of you. Lead with love. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. you guys thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the karen kenny show <laughs> i super duper appreciate your time friendship and support and look if something that i shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours i'd love to hear about it so please tag me on facebook or instagram or ig stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. 
And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.